Welcome to Retail Intel. This is Ashley Casey, Director of National Accounts for Phillips Edison. We recently had the good fortune of speaking with Kane Lester, Senior Real Estate Manager overseeing the Southeast for Panda Express. Panda Express has had a 37-year history of serving fresh, inspired Asian cuisine. Kane has been a part of this group's growth and success for nine years. Listen as we discuss the family-owned concept that is serving up quick and exceptional Asian dining experiences throughout the country. Hello. Hey, Ashley. How are you? Kane, how are you doing? Doing great. Good. How's everything going? Great. You know, it's been a crazy year, but really lucky to be with Panda, who hasn't slowed our growth at all as far as new deals and stores. And uh, we're we're under the pressure to, to get them in and get it done. So yeah. uh, that's a good thing. It's just been chaotic, as you can imagine. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it's been weird for us as well. Just, you know, we haven't known what direction anything's going to go. And I feel like though we've been really fortunate um, at Phillips Edison just because Grocery Anchor, you know, that's kind of where a lot of things are shifting right now and Suburban has been really helpful for us with Urban Flight. So we've we've really done some record leasing months in the past few months, which is just wild to me. Um, it's yeah. really a mixed bag too between locals and nationals. But I wanted to connect with you and um, chat about Panda. So tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how long you've been with Panda. Sure. Well, uh, I graduated with a degree in uh, real estate in the business school at University of Georgia. I won't say what year, but I've been in the industry about 20 years since then and uh, started with a concept called Wolf Camera before 2000. And, um, you know, as that industry changed as far as photo finishing, I was able to get on with um, a wireless company, Nextel, now Sprint and kind of cut my teeth on new deals for corporate uh, sites for them. And uh, that was a great experience kind of coming up high volume deals, you know, in caps fighting with the likes of banks and uh, other wireless and Starbucks and those kind of folks. So it was a good fast pace and then got in the restaurant industry with Moe's in about 2005 and another hot growing concept at the time and learned restaurant deals and more complex deals like that. And as they started to sell uh, that concept, I was lucky enough to go with P.F. Chang's and Payway and do work with them for about five years. And um, then lucky for me, Panda came calling and um, uh, that was 2011. So I've been with them uh, nine years this month. So uh, this has been a great ride and that this has really broadened my being with Panda has really broadened my horizons as far as deals because we do a lot of different deal structures from non-traditional college campuses, things like that, which we've got one team that does that, but I've helped them a little bit. And then purchases, ground leases, in caps, build the suits. Uh, we can develop our own shopping centers. We're working on a couple of those right now and we've done many of them because we have a internal arm that does uh, our own shopping centers and we're kind of our own landlords. So it's been really cool to work with a, a concept of this size that continues to grow. And, um, you know, one family, the Churn family owns uh, all the stores. So that's been great. You know, franchising is good for some folks, but I really like this corporate model and the one family that runs things in a really passionate way and a real focus on people. It's been a really positive experience. Now, I remember Wolf Camera for when I was younger, and um, they were mostly in malls. Is that right? Uh, a lot of malls. Yeah, that was that was probably fifty percent or more back when you know people were using malls more frequently, and 
you know, photo finishing was where the money was, but they, they kind of marketed their expertise as far as selling the hard goods and 35 millimeter cameras as it went to digital and that kind of thing. But uh, the writing was kind of on the wall for that concept just because, you know, as everything went digital, their photo finishing wasn't there anymore. I just bring up malls because I, I think the history of Panda started in malls. Is that also right? Sort of. So when um, Andrew and his father came from Taiwan, his father was a master chef there. And when they were in Pasadena, California, um, they wanted to do a family sit-down white tablecloth restaurant, and they called it Panda Inn. It was very successful in Pasadena. And one of the big mall developers and owners was a regular customer of theirs. And as he got to talking with Andrew, Andrew's very business-minded and very friendly and, and talks to all of his guests. And uh, he got to talking with this guy and he said, we're looking at doing restaurants in our mall. This is 1982-ish. Um, we're looking at doing restaurants in our mall, kind of in a cluster in the mall. And um, we'd like for you to try to do something that's like a Panda Inn, but in the mall, that's faster. And um, so Andrew said, let me see what I can put together. Maybe we could, we could do something like that. And, you know, his risk taking there led to Panda Express and the growth vehicle for the whole company. So that first store was in Glendale Galleria in 1983 as part of, you know, before they even knew they were going to call it a food court. <laughs> My history is in tertiary mall leasing. Um, I don't know that we were fortunate enough to have any Panda Expresses in the portfolio at the time, back when I was with another company. Um, but what what caused the shift to move Panda out of the mall and into freestanding and end cap models? That's a great question. I, I think, you know, we were we were very successful in the malls, like a lot of retailers and restaurants. And as customer needs started to shift and we would get a lot of guests saying, I love having your food in the mall, but I sure wish you had one in the Kroger Center or the Public Center near my house. You know, it'd be so much easier to pick up and that kind of thing, you know, for convenience. And, you know, it's it wasn't as easy for takeout if you were going into your mall and um, picking it up and taking it home. So that kind of opened up doing more in caps and those kind of things in grocery anchored, Walmart, uh, Target, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was really where it was born. And then it grew from there for more street stores than mall stores. So you've been with Panda for nine years now. Has your role always been in Southeast steel making? For the most part, um, it's been the Southeast, but I have I think I figured I've done some sort of real estate transaction in 41 states. So I don't know if that's good wow. or bad, but uh, you know, <laughs> at one point with Payway, I was covering the entire country because it was during the uh, Great Recession and we didn't have the manpower. And, uh, you know, so I was covering a lot of all the way to California and I did a Mose in Hawaii and it's been a fun ride to, to work some of these markets. So you know your geography is pretty well, I'm sure. Pretty well, pretty well. I'm a geography nerd anyway, so. What's been your favorite place to visit in the country? Well, probably Hawaii. Um, <laughs> doing real estate in Hawaii is fun, but I love you know, the Northeast. I've loved working in California, the Rockies, but, you know, Southeast is home. So working Florida for 20 years and um, Tennessee, the Carolinas, Alabama, you know, it's been, it's been fun. There's, uh, there's really no place I don't like. I like doing deals and meeting people and it's, it's been good. That must be difficult. Um, I mean, I know it is for me and our leasing team being so used to doing face-to-face interaction and deal making that way. So, 
right now, um, at least we are in terms of national accounts where we visit corporate headquarters. We're grounded at the moment because most of these headquarters are in major cities that might be hotspots um, in terms of the pandemic. So have you been traveling a lot for work right now? Not as much as usual, but I am driving a lot. We, we're still not cleared to fly, as I think most of the people in our industry are that way generally. Most of my region is drivable, so I've been able to do that. I went to Orlando last week and really not meeting in person with anyone, just you know, going over sites, pulling out the iPad, looking at site plans, and on a conference call with our brokers or the seller or landlord and doing everything virtual except, you know, I think it's important to walk the dirt and really get an idea of sight lines and where buildings are going to sit and how your signage is going to be. There's no, Mm -hmm. you you can do videos and those kind of things, but I think it's important to actually have boots on the ground, but it is a lot of driving. I mean, I did a loop from Atlanta to Wilmington, North Carolina, up to the Outer Banks and back across to Raleigh and back. And that's, that's a lot of driving in a week. That is quite the road trip. Um, Hopefully you had some podcasts to listen to. I know you're a fan. I did. Yep. That <laughs> and Sirius XM have been a good friend to me. What's been your favorite podcast lately? Do you have any recommendations? Probably not that you would like. I like uh, No Laying Up, the golf podcast that's kind uh-huh. of irreverent. Um, and then the ones that you and Corey have recommended. Um, you know, I've, I've liked the true crime ones and uh, you know, those have been really good too. How about you? Corey and I are in need of a new true crime podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I, I burned through the ones that you guys recommended pretty fast and, and all of the kind of ancillary ones from those. So that that was a wild ride of getting into those. It seems like everything's political these days with podcasts. So I'm kind of off that train for now. Yeah, yep. Um, so back to business, how has, how has Panda adopted or adapted to the current environment with the pandemic? As you can imagine, those first few weeks, six weeks, eight weeks were really brutal. You know, sales, people just weren't eating out. They went to their grocery store, loaded up on food, you know, and basically cooked at home, Um, you know, maybe ordered pizzas, you know, those kind of things. But, you know, we we took a major, major hit that first, you know, eight weeks, even more, especially with the end cap, small stores, you know. There's a lot of our non-traditional stuff that still isn't open, you know, whether it's military bases, colleges, hospitals, things like that. It's been very, very difficult to get those back open and have any sales. Uh, The end caps have really suffered because people don't want to get out of their cars. You know, the drive-thrus have come back pretty well. um, Thank goodness for those. And third-party delivery has been really good for us. And uh, we're, we're starting to look at doing some delivery on our own in select locations. So, you know, luckily we were set up with drive throughs at several hundred stores that have really helped us because our guests have been using the drive throughs like crazy. And it kind of highlights the fact that we need drive throughs in anywhere that we can get them because it is, it's such an important convenience anytime. And our guests have told us for a decade that they want them. Um, but now it's, it's become vital. Absolutely. We've heard that from a lot of uh, QSRs. So I'm sure that those will become more and more prevalent. Um, are you are you utilizing pickup windows, or is it something that you order at the menu board and then pick it up in the drive-through? Virtually all of our stores that have drive-throughs are your traditional menu board, and then pull up to the window. You know, just like anywhere else, mm-hmm. uh, we do have some locations where we've set up kind of hybrid pickup stations where you've ordered online and that kind of thing. And our ops team has done a tremendous job with setting up on our freestanding buildings, they'll set up a window at one of the doors 
so that they can do the entire transaction at the doorway and people don't have to come in. And, you know, for our guests who already know our menu really well, they've got their favorite items. Uh, that's worked out really, really well. So Ops has adapted pretty well. They put up plexiglass. So it's, you know, we call it contactless um, transactions. And that's been really, really great where the guest, aside from being handed a bag, there's really no interaction. They're putting in their own chip reader credit card um, or doing their own swipe and uh, a really clean way to do things. And our, our store cleanliness has always impressed me since I first started, but especially during this, um, the attention to detail and cleanliness and um, food handling is, is really impressive when you see it in action. It does seem like Panda was already very equipped for um, circumstances like this, whether, of course, this could not be predicted, but there was already that plexiglass between the customer and that the person serving the food. Um, it wasn't your traditional buffet style. We have concern about buffets moving forward, and, it, sure. and this is probably the model that I can see being um used in the foreseeable future where you have one person behind the counter who is, you know, serving your dish to you rather than you choosing your own. So that's, that's probably been helpful for your customers and Panda Express as a company. It's kind of already it has mechanisms in place. And that plexiglass on, on really both sides, you know, it's, it's complete on the guest side, but on the server side, it comes down pretty far. And for somebody of my height, it's kind of hard to reach under there because it's completely blocking, you know, my face and upper body. And, and when, as you're serving, you know, when we do our training days, it's, it's pretty significant how isolated the food is from the server and especially from the guests. So I think it's pretty well done uh, the way that it sets up and you can still, the guests can still see, um, you know, their food items and how it's being served but it's, it's, they do a pretty good job with the contactless. How many stores does Panda have domestically? We are right about 2,100 at oh, this wow. point. Yeah, so it's been a nice, a really nice growth cycle, especially these nine years that I've been with the company. We've you know, averaged about 100 stores a year, uh, openings, with, with very, very few closings. And, and those have generally been relocations, not, not full closures. Was 100 the goal for 2020, um, starting in January? Generally, yeah. Um, to open 100 stores and ideally get 120 approved, you know, because there's going to be attrition that slide into the following year. So you always want to get more approvals than you're going to have openings because whether it's permitting or, you know, something falls out, it, it just doesn't work. Um, we try to get about 120 to do 100 and that's the goal for this year and um, for the foreseeable future. It's a good number that really pushes us, but um, it's manageable from a project management standpoint, uh, ops, you know, the whole team. That number stayed steady throughout the March meltdown, as I call it. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting as we were kind of buckling down and trying to figure everything out. Credit to our CFO and Andrew Turing and Peggy Turing, our founders, we didn't do any layoffs corporately, not even furloughs. And um, they stayed aggressive and said, you know, we want, we want to continue our growth. We respect the magnitude of this pandemic, but also that our guests are still asking for more stores and, uh, you know, our stores that have drive-thrus. And as we went to contactless, we saw, you know, people are still wanting and needing our product. So 
uh, we're getting them out there. So we, did, we didn't cut our plan a single deal. How are you finding sites for Panda Express? Is it through brokers with boots on the ground or are you and your real estate managers going on market tours and just looking around to see what's available? Uh, both and also from folks like you landlords that reach out to us with a list or specific sites in mind um, directly. So, you know, we, we have broker relationships in every major market um, and most of the small markets that we rely on pretty heavily for that, again, boots on the ground, finding out when stuff comes available right away and working with them. I work with 11 brokers in my seven states and, um, you know, it's a, it's a good network of, I think we've got a really good team in the Southeast that are chasing deals. And then we'll have, like I said, those that come directly from you, or, you know, I may be driving by an old gas station that, you know, a big new format gas station just opened next door. You can kind of see the writing on the wall for the mom and pop. We paid them, you know, a, a good amount of money for their old gas station. We clean it up and build a new store there and it's worked out pretty well for everybody. That's kind of been our strategy too as a company to see if there might be any missed opportunity near our shopping centers in front of or adjacent when it comes to these dilapidated mom and pop stores or something that's vacant um, approaching the seller and retenanting or doing some sort of retrofit, tear down rebuild to put a great QSRs, you know, a strong national tenant like Panda Express into that um, out parcel. So seems like we're on similar pages there. Can you expand a little bit more about your site criteria for a new store? You did mention NCAPs, and I know visibility is important for you all. So in, in the out parcel program, it's it's pretty straightforward that we're looking for generally an acre, maybe a little bit less uh, to do a freestanding drive-through um, idea, you know, main road, Ideally anchored, but it doesn't have to be anchored. Good access points and at least call it 35 parks, ideally. You know, if we've got shared parking, it can be lower, but those are the general parameters. And then for in caps, you know, we like other in caps and out parcels. We like other food to be around us. We don't really have a national competitor and we play really well with the Chipotle's and Panera's and Starbucks of the world. They've been good friends to us. Um, so we kind of cross pollinate on a lot of those kind of centers you know, we become kind of a food court on a major road, for lack of a better term. You know, Taco Bell is a good fit with us. Uh, you know, Chick-fil-A, we, we play well with everybody. So it's been a good fit for us to go right in with, you know, the more restaurants, the merrier. And um, that's been a good program for us. And similarly, on an end cap, we take ideally 2,000 feet, you know, call it 30 by 65 would be pretty good, general, you know, generally speaking, with a patio, um, ideally with a drive-through, as I said, you know, that wraps a multi-tenant building or something. Um, but again, in there with the Moe's and Chipotle of the world, Panera, you know, we, we like other food around. The sites that worry me is when we're trying to overthink it and be get cute with a site that's uh, doesn't have a lot of food around it. Guests just start thinking about going to that corridor if there's not a lot of food, even if you think, oh, we'll corner the market, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. I've seen you with a lot of mod pizzas, I believe. Yep. That's oh, another they're also a good friend. <laughs> yep. So it seems like every, I don't know, 90% of shopping centers have some sort of Chinese food in there, you know, generally a local. Is that a problem for you? No, uh, we we like to honor the mom and pops. We think that that they've got 
um, their place in every trade area too. So it is never our goal to blow out mom and pops with a store. And I think we can coexist pretty well because I think there's a different experience with a mom and pop sit down type of restaurant. And that's, that's where our founders came from was that model. So we're not, we aren't in the business of knocking them out. And we've found, you know, go to any of our stores, just like you said, and look across the street, there's usually a mom and pop doing just fine. So do we impact them probably a little bit? And if they come in, they impact us a little bit, but we found we coexist pretty well. And our, um, the Trim family is pretty big on, you know, we're not the, the big gorilla that comes in and knocks everybody out. We we're happy to coexist with others. Mm -hmm. So 21 stores domestically um, and a hundred stores planned per year. Is there any cap on the number of stores you think you'll be able to do? You know, I've heard it thrown around. Um, I love the number 10,000. I think that that's very possible looking at, you know, we, we can do another hundred stores in Florida in our sleep and uh, certainly another 50 in Georgia, you know, so you're talking about that. That's just two States, you know, right here. Imagine we haven't even dipped our toes in New York and Boston and, you know, DC, we've only got, I think 11, 12 stores. Um, So we've got an enormous amount of growth. We've got, I think 250 stores in Southern California alone. So our growth potential is massive. If you compare us to how many units uh, McDonald's and Starbucks and Subway have, you know, we, we've got a whole lot more stores to do in the next 20 years. Absolutely. My final question for you, and I have an answer as well, is what's your favorite dish at Panda Express? My go-to, I don't branch out as much as I should because I really like, uh, the veggies, and then I add black pepper chicken. And if there's a limited time offer shrimp on the menu, um, I'll go with that. Otherwise I go with the peppercorn steak or uh, Shanghai Angus steak. So that mix for whatever reason, I like to kind of smother the veggies with the black pepper chicken and ideally the Shanghai Angus steak. I think that that flavor mix is so good and it kind of soaks into the vegetables. And they're both on our Walk Smart menu too. That's a lower calorie, but it's certainly not lower flavor. So those are the ones that get me excited, but I always try our limited time offers that come out and stuff too. Something about about the vegetables is awesome. Like, I don't know how, if it's the way you guys, or the way Panda cooks it or what, but that, you know, the cabbage is so perfectly done. Good. For a QSR to me to be like, I'm craving Panda vegetables right now. Good. Well, that was the thing when I, when I started the two things that really, I did a week of training and I couldn't believe, you know, at a fast food restaurant that boxes of full size produce were coming in and we were in the back every morning, chopping broccoli, um, slicing onions, you know, the celery, the cabbage, everything. And, and I'd, I'd love if my company marketed that more mm-hmm. because I had no idea. I figured it was all just boiling bag, you know, coming in frozen and those kind of things. And it's all, you know, literally cardboard produce truck comes up, drops them off and we cut all the peppers right there. So um, I agree. The, the veggies to me are kind of the star of the show. They're so good. My favorite dish is kind of out outside of the box, but it's that crab uh, or not crab, the cream cheese ragoon. Um, it's so good. But when it comes to entrees, it's probably the honey 
shrimp that's fried, which I realize is not the healthiest option, but um, it's a winner. Good. Um, one more question, just out of curiosity. Whenever you get a fortune cookie, do you eat it or no? Um, I have a second grader and a third grader. So if I even <laughs> see the fortune cookie, um, I'm lucky, but no, I don't. Um, I, I may get to glimpse at it, but they've, they've already claimed the fortune cookies from me and my wife before they even hit the plate. Got How it. You? Um, I'll, I'll usually do half of it for whatever reason <laughs> and throw Pretty away that crap. I think just to test out the quality of the cookie. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have a lot of them. They, they move fast. Yeah, I bet. And um, they're, they have like the real cute fortunes in them, whereas some are just like lottery numbers. Right. Yep. Thanks so much to Kane Lester and Panda Express for taking the time to discuss this booming concept. We're excited to see more Panda Express restaurants open up nationally. If you'd like to reach out to me and the rest of the National Accounts team, send us a note to nationalaccounts.philipsedison.com and keep tuning in to Retail Intel as we explore more growing retailers and trends throughout the retail real estate industry.